do I need eyes to see? Like to a tail by the way I walk, I'm a sandwich boy, no time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Lunch Bell, boys. I'm one of the hosts, TJ Harkness. Also on here with me is a man once known as the destroyer of hymens, the explorer of uteruses. And the five-second player. Five-second player. And the diverginer himself, Mr. Splurt and Burton. Bold. Boldly going where yes. no man is... Explored. I was going to say defiler of souls, but I was like, eh. Yeah, He's not bit. that good at, in bed. You're pushing the limits a little bit there. <laughs> right now, I'm the destroyer of ice cream. <laughs> You're going to have That's the poopies. Definitely. Also on here with me is the man, the myth, the legend. A man who has hair longer than... I don't know what the fuck I was saying... <laughs> Skyler, there is no Dana, only Zool Wood. Which hair are you talking about? Your pubic hair. So I have pretty long, yeah. He kind of looks like dark-haired Nick Cage on Con Air. <laughs> Please put down the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> was... yeah. I told you all. He's got that real slow southern draw. But uh, I just want, Burton, when you finish the ice cream, can you say that I am Death Destroyer of Ice Creams? I have become Death Destroyer of Ice Creams. He's Blue Bunny Heimer. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a good flavor. <laughs> uh, they only released that one in Japan. Blue Bunny Hymen, Hymenberry. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. The no. berries just to give it that, that color. Like it. <laughs> so, how are you guys doing? My body's failing me in, a, in an epic way. So that's good. You're eating ice cream? Nah, my foot needs to be cut off or something. I fucked it up. I haven't been able to walk for like three days. So that's fine. Well, have you taken it and tried to hit it against the curb really hard? Yeah. You unplug I, it and plug it back in? No. I should. You know what? That's always the first step, Zool. You're right. You always got to reboot it. You can reboot your ankle or foot. I put my boots on a couple different times. That didn't work. I think I, I think I was using too many boots. Well, you could do American History X and put your ankle on the sidewalk yeah. and then curb stomp it mm-hmm. and say some yeah, like racist shit. Uh, I say I think you need Ed Norton to do that to make it effective. Oh, fuck. That reminds me of Logan was on a roll yesterday saying shit that really made me mad. And uh, we're walking into Spirit of Halloween in Bloomington. And we had just gotten out of the car, right? So we're walking and he goes, Dad? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, man. Can Asians be Jewish? <laughs> and so I looked at him and I said, shut the fuck up. Yes, but don't ever say something like that in public, especially when we're walking in Bloomington. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. Hayden's yeah. been on a real roll lately. He'll uh, ask you something, he'll explain it, and then he'll be like, what do you mean? And then I'll explain it, and he'll be like, what do you mean? And he'll ask like three or four different questions the same way, and I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I'm about to murder you. What, Dad? I'm just curious. I'm like, you know that old phrase, curiosity killed the little fucking kid, right? 
That's about to happen. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, teen boys are the worst. So you're you're lucky. Well, no, he won't I be. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've got a five year old that thinks she's fifteen, and I've got a two year old that's blind with rage right now. You guys been doing good though, besides Burton's body filling, Zool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and enjoyed the fall colors today down in Broco. Broco. Nice. Walked around. Oh. Well, why didn't you tell me you dildo? I would have came and seen you. I I was just you know I went to the park and walked and hiked for a bit. Yeah, but you don't go to Broco County, do you? Yeah, yeah. We Burton never goes there. to Brown County. He's he doesn't work, go there ever. I work twenty five minutes from there. I'll let you know next time I'm there. I just didn't think yeah. about it. I just uh, I was kind of, was kind of off the cuff. I woke up and I was like, I kind of want to hike. And then my wife's like, Yeah, you should probably go. It's a nice day. I'm like, Okay. No, I did. That's all right. I was I was in Franklin so that, uh, Saturday, and I didn't say anything to you, so we're fair. <laughs> say I'm yeah. <laughs> really? Were you in Franklin? Yeah, I don't know what any of. I don't know any of those words that's I just band made. Was. Oh, yeah, nice. That's where band, band was, yeah. So. Okay, okay. That's no, yeah. fucking huge. Yeah, it is pretty big. I didn't go to it. Huge. Yeah. China school. But I did walk around huge. the I did, I did walk around the park today and I and I and I held up in a campground that I didn't pay for and I cooked the most delicious steak and onions ever. It was fun. Nice. Were there very many people there? Surprisingly, yeah. 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 A lot of RV campers and uh, just a lot of people hiking. It was a nice day, so. Hmm. But. Hmm. Oh, 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 oh! Forgot another <laughs> another great thing. TJ, you're gonna be excited about this. Mm -hmm. So we did lake cleanup um, Sunday. Yeah. So we're driving around in these big pontoon boats with random people. My boss found an AR that was on the causeway, all rusted up. So that was pretty crazy. You think it was Bigfoot's and... AR? It could have been, but I definitely think I have proof of Bigfoot though, because a I found us a badass campsite. I marked it on my maps. Um, okay. Over by Dean. Over by Dean. It's fucking cool. We've never seen it before, and so I'm checking out this campsite, and I find four fishing poles, a tackle box, and another little tackle box just laying there. They've been there forever because the corks on the fishing poles have been chewed up and stuff. And so today I'm going through it, and I find a fishing license from 2021, some guy born in 1956. So Jeez. he wasn't out there partying, he just disappeared. Did you, so you think that uh, big, shit there. Think that Bigfoot took him with his AR? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, Did you look up his sure. name? No. Dude. Free fishing <laughs> shit, man. I'm going to get that name for me. I'm going to look <laughs> that shit up. I'm going to see if there's a missing person. Yeah, well, I'll send it to you tomorrow. All right. So, <clears throat> to get in this shit a little bit, <laughs> I say it with such <laughs> enthusiasm. Yeah, let me plow through this shit one more time. Yeah. I was uh, recently watching a sci-fi channel, which typically most shit on there is shit. Um, <clears throat> it's true. Most shit on there is shit. That's, more, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Most very... of the shit is shit very uh shitty shitty <laughs> but then i was looking at like uh what was coming up and i seen it was something that supposedly took place in kokomo uh, on a show called deliver us from evil no i'm sorry paranormal wetness and the episode was deliver us from evil Did you say wetness yeah i heard wetness too it's uh 
That's, witness. that's I think, uh, <laughs> I, Paranormal I, I, Witness. That's a Cinemax show, isn't that it? That bitch yeah. is unusually no, think, heavy tonight. <laughs> no, I think that's, uh, I think that's what the butts do, you know, mm-hmm. the wet butt. Clark, get the towel. <laughs> it's spookily wet. <laughs> Spookily wet. <laughs> this is not any normal wetness. This is paranormal wetness. Fuck! I knew oh, when God, I seen little ghosts coming like out ghost. of it. Imagine the ghost floating around like with a mop that you didn't drain. You just duck it down in there and pull it back out, and it's just like, oh, that's cold. You know it's cold because ghosts are that's cold. Apparently, that's that ghost wop. You see the ghosts outside, and it's cold. You know they're cold too. Let them in. Let him in. <laughs> Same thing goes for the Michigan Wolf or Dog Man. He's, nope. co- He's cold out there. This is a public ser- a public service announcement by the Sandwich Boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, the Sandwich Boys. Like I said, I was watching this show, Paranormal Witness, not Wetness, Witness. <laughs> it's the accent you just can't get past it. And I think it was yeah. uh, season three, episode five, and the title of it was Delivers from Evil. I think this originally aired like July of 2013. It was okay episode. Um, but what I thought was real crazy was that, like I said, it happened in Indiana. Uh, you know, and there seems to be a lot Way of... down in Kokomo. Yeah. I don't know any other words. I just know Kokomo. Yeah, you nailed it, son. My mama, my mama. Brahma. Oh, yeah, I think that sounds right. So, and (laughs) as we know, we've covered, I think, two haunted places so far in Indiana. And both of the places we covered are known nationally, right? And I didn't know how well known Indiana is for, it's like Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, and then like West Virginia are all real popular. Have you ever seen the show? You ever seen the show Supernatural? Everything's in Indiana. I'm gonna fucking murder you. You did this like 20 episodes ago. <laughs> it's still true. So, but we've covered the Demon House and Gary last year, episode 30 and 31. And if you haven't listened to it, go back, give it a listen. It's pretty good episodes. Uh, we also covered the Whisper Estates, or as I so cogently put it, the Whispering Eye Estates. It smelled like fish in there. That place is a scam now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, come pay $1,000 to stay the night. Oh, uh, they'd be, yeah. They're, yeah. Fuck. If they're I wanted to stay the night now. somewhere, I would have got me a hooker for about that price. Slept in my damn car. True that, sister. At least I'd get blown and probably a good case of herpes. Oh, yeah. If you get a male, a male hooker, you can get for way cheaper than that. Yeah. But <laughs> they may even pay you to spend the night in the car. Ooh. So, Everyone and that was, we stay. covered, <laughs> Jesus, we covered the uh, Whispering Eye Estates a few weeks later in episode 36. This is all a part of our midnight snacks fall thing. But like I said, both of these are really well-known hauntings. So after seeing this show, oh, Paranormal Witness, not Witness. <laughs> I would have to say, there, like I said, there's another strange haunting that is mildly famous in Indiana. And it's the haunting of 2220 North Armstrong Street in Cocobo, Indiana. Armstrong. 
It's not the. It's my strong hand. What? That's my strong hand. <laughs> so, like we normally get ready for this episode, so buckle up, get paper towel out for your ass, and Burton, that's primarily aimed towards you. I'm good for now, but as we go on, it may start getting some wetness. I know you get some seepage in there, so. Can I get a wetness? <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, hi, men. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> this is going to be a spoopy episode. It's uh, really weird. And I don't, it's based off of a blog from one of the child victims of this house. Um, she's our primary source. And her relatives have backed her up with what she alleges happened. But it's pretty fucking interesting, so. Some pretty crazy stuff. Cray, cray. Cray, cray. It all started back, way back, way back in the year 1970. Pick up sticks. Yep. Pick up sticks. Uh, Roger and Ann Brock moved to Indiana from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. You got to say it like that. Chattanooga. Damn. Perfect. Chattanooga. Hey, Zool, like are, a... you from, are you from Chattanooga? Because no. you're the only 10 I see. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. I I'm going to sleep with you later. That was hot. Don't. Don't. <laughs> He's got anal seepage. Yeah, you don't want that on your blankets. <laughs> on the next no, behind the pail. He'll just be, he'll be the little spoon. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the teaspoon. Uh, He's the twink. So from, so on the twink to your twunk. I'd rather spork anyways. Sporks are good. Hey, I mean, they're ver- sporks are versatile. They can do anything. Mm. Are sporks the transsexuals of? I think they're more hermaphroditic. Utensils. No, I think they're hermaphroditic. Yeah, hermaphroditic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they got both. Can we just acknowledge the fact that whoever created a spork is a genius? Have you seen yeah. the one that's got a little knife on the end too? It's like a spork. It's like spork, a knife. Spork knife. Spork. Yeah, it's like a plastic knife, and then spork on the knife. side, and then it has a forky spoon. Core that knife. Is pure genius. Real men of genius. <laughs> Today we salute you, Mister Spork. My spork <laughs> knife man. Yeah, from from Chattanooga. Ro- Roger and Ann Brock moved. To Indiana, Roger, who was attending Bible college or, or seminary around that area, the family moved here to this great state so that he could take over, I think it was Sunday school department of a local uh, Baptist church around Kokomo. Well, I was field dressing that deer the other day. I was looking at her vagina and I thought about, hmm, I wonder if you could <laughs> cut this out and take it home. I mean, it's still probably warm. Oh, how long does a deer pussy stay warm once it's dead? What the fuck? You know somebody fucks them. No, I hope not. That's a dead deer. You're gonna eat it. Just put some rapeseed oil on your dick and you go into town. Yeah, you know somebody fucks it. Can't rape the willing. That's what they go. Well, I mean, you can't be unwilling if you're dead. That deer was asking for it. Uh, it was staring me in the face because I was on a ladder, so it was like, yeah, that dead stare from that deer really is asking for it. I mean, this this is the look she had. <laughs> yeah, that's asking so, for it. 
We're down in Kokomo. I fuck a deer in the vagina. And nana, nana. It's your turn, banana. We'll get there fast, but then we'll lick it slow. That's where we want to go. Like a great big taco. (laughs) Oh, Bob and Tom. Okay. They have a song about vaginas, you know, your cooter cleavage, and I think I saw your snapper. Your cooter, your clapper, yeah. I think I saw your snapper. <laughs> That's uh, Bob and Tom. So in 1970, the Brock family purchased a home on 2220 North Armstrong Street in Co- Way Co- down Co- in Kokomo. Anyway, fuck it. Um, Jesus. <laughs> they're like, no, they're really hanging on to this. Every bit. time, every time I <laughs> read, milking it. Every time I read Kokomo, I gotta do it. It's gonna be annoying. Aww. Annoying. It probably already is. At this time, there was only five of them little Brock, Brockies running around. You had Roger and Anne, the patriarch and matriarch, and then Lana, Lana's twin sister, Lisa, and Roger Jr. Roger the second. Was it Lana or Lana? Lana. Lana we went to school with. I don't know how to pronounce things, so I just go with it. Uh, Is it Lana? We'll just say Lana. We're going to say Lana. 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 <laughs> Lanana. And, and Roger. Okay, we got finished. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh. Throughout the years, the family would grow and add two more kids, Mary and James. Throughout most of the 70s, the house appeared as normal. You know, there's still some weird shit happening around the house. One of the events that Lana, Lana, Lanana <laughs> recalled <laughs> happened was when she was four. And so it was right around 1971. Lana and her sister slept in bunk beds with her having the top bunk. Lana woke up one night with her nose touching the fucking ceiling. Ooh. So she was hovering about a foot or so off of the bed. She turned her head from the ceiling. And as soon as she turned her head, she fell back down onto the bed unharmed. There are also small things here and there that would happen. And Lana would tell her parents about this shit. I don't believe the parents acknowledged it. The dad and mom would always try to pass it off as the kid's imagination. Did you guys ever fall off the top bunk? Like when you were asleep? Yes. Uh, no. That sucked. I used to have a dream I was falling off a cliff and then wake up on the floor like, bam. I mean, Lana's pretty impressive too. I find her interesting. She sleeps above the covers, four feet above the covers. She's got a lovely singing voice, too. (laughs) What a lovely singing voice you have. I love Bill Murray. But now fast forward to 1975 and Mary and James. They were added to the home, and that is when Roger decided he was going to build a small bedroom in the attic and add a bedroom and living room to the front of the house. He's just adding... Adding rooms. He's Bob Vila. Well, I think he bought the house for five thousand fucking dollars. That's nineteen seventies. Yeah, that's that's be like four hundred thousand uh, dollars today. I, th- it was a fixer I think upper. typically they're like twenty, thirty, forty. Well, and he, they couldn't figure out why they got such a good deal. Mm-hmm. Well, they're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hmm. In nineteen seventy-eight, the paranormal activities began to get spicy. It was at this time that Atlanta and Lisa were 11. Atlanta <laughs> stated that she could sense a presence in the home. And it was not a good one. She would oftentimes refer to it as 
An evil presence. Evil. evil. What would an evil present be? Oh, like a box of like cigarettes for Christmas. Like a gremlin. <laughs> like one of those dick cages that those dick cages that people you know like put your. Dick like cage. a Chinese you know, you know dick what I'm talking cage? about? No, they, Chinese uh, dick trap. They put their, uh, you know, as people are into that thing, they put their dicks in. It's like a chastity uh, thing. I don't know, like domination. Like it has, like, ooh, I already have this image of like a box with nails. I put my dick in a box. This way, like a minnow trap, but you put your dick in, but then you can't pull it out. Yeah, it ain't coming out. It just Not stabs nicely. into it. Not nicely. Oh, God. That'd be an evil present. Or like cactus needles. Like you a porcupine? You got your boner hit with a cactus. Oh, my gosh. Like you're chasing a porcupine with your dick and it... Uh, Pined you? Mm-hmm. You got you got your porky bind. Yeah, porky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so they felt this uh, the evil presence in the house. When you entered the home, there was a heavy and sad feeling throughout the entire home. Regardless of how much light you would let into the home, it was always dark and evil. She would say that this feeling, uh, Lana, like would be around there until the family left. And she'd be like, her mom did a good job of keeping things clean and always having the windows open. But she's like, as soon as you walked in, it was just like this presence. And then like most of the house always seemed dark, even though like fucking windows were open and lights were on. Fishy. Very fishy. No matter how many times you wash the floor, it still smells like seafood market. This isn't Wuhan, dude. <laughs> I've been to Wuhan. <laughs> I don't recommend the shrimp. Yeah. I don't Burton recommend was, breathing Burton, in front of somebody. Burton was patient zero in the COVID pandemic. I was negative one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can count this one off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, but. Oh, they got me off. He wasn't there for food. He was, he was there for a warm, warm deer carcass, Mm. or whatever, uh, whatever medium-sized, large mammals they have there. We call those humans. (laughs) (laughs) Found me a nice Jewish Asian lady and (laughs) took her home, brought her on home. Oh man. Her name was Shing Fazali. Jesus Christ. I mean, he was Jewish, but I don't, I don't know don't how deep his Chinese roots were. I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think he was from the Pacific uh, region. Sure. Maybe. So, Lana Banana and her family. <laughs> would frequently hear footsteps rustling around and against the carpet in the back two rooms, uh, back part of the house. Rustle, 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 rustle. Of the original house. And uh, that's what they sounded like. Rustle. Rustle, 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 rustle. Grow, grow, grow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Russell Crow moving around out there. Um, at that time, the back rooms were both bedrooms. There were also cold spots in both of those rooms. The family would openly acknowledge the sounds from time to time, but they would just sort of brush them off. 
brushed them off. These sounds are nothing. That's weird. Anals told him about this shit. The anals? Yeah, Spelled backwards as anal. <laughs> okay, okay. They, she I'm would tell him about it, and the family would experience this shit, too. But they'd be like, oh, that's just a, a, a raccoon in the house. You know how they are up in here in Indiana? And they're like, there's no raccoon in here. Sounds to me like they had a furnace issue. Could be. Cold spots in the house there where some air was getting through. <clears throat> Maybe need some new windows. You need to get some plastic on those windows and get the raccoons, the Russell Crowe raccoons out. I don't like them cold spots. I like them hot spots. After hearing the sounds against the carpet from time to time, the entity seemed to amp up its shit. And the family would see things around the home that were inexplicable. One day, around 10 in the morning, Anal was cleaning the kitchen. Cleaning in the kitchen. I believe she was washing some dishes or some shit like that. Like she should be. Holy fuck. No. (laughs) Martin's fucking around, guys. So, so she was in the kitchen. It was around 10 in the morning. And nobody was home at the time. She was home alone. The kitchen, which sits sort of in the middle point of the house, and right off the kitchen, there's a stairway that goes upstairs. And she also noticed that the wood shutters were closed over the windows, barely letting any inside light in. Or outside light in. (laughs) I hate it when that inside light don't get brought in. That inside light don't come out or in. Or out. Or out. Or in. Quick pull out. Can't do that. (laughs) Part we know that. (laughs) The Lana, Anna, Babana, Banana, Fana, Fofana was doing the dishes when suddenly she saw a flash of white light zoom past her right across this. The white light appeared to come from behind her and moved to the front, but she only saw this in her peripherals. She attempted to turn her head quickly, but couldn't see it, actually see what the light originated from. She would then turn her head so she could see the other side of her eye, and then she saw it. What? Yeah. Yeah. The white light zoomed past her several times in the same pattern. While this was happening, she was able to observe in her peripherals that the light was coming down the stairs like bananas in pajamas. (laughs) Lana's in pajamas was coming down the stairs. Atlanta's in pajamas was coming down the stairs. Flying to the kitchen to quickly disappear. It's not Lana. That's a light. She didn't fly down the steps and disappear. This this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Down the stairs and disappear. Let it shine. Can I get a wetness? Can I get a wetness? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Fuck. Anal became scared and she couldn't attempt to look at it head on. Like we said, she was home alone. You know, she's becoming more and more scared. Lana thought it could be the light seeping in through the shutters. Well, there was a light effect from the shutters on the sink and in front of the table. This light did not go to the wall or ceiling where the where the like white ball of light was going through and the light from the shutter was angled downward and not upward like she was seeing so that light was not behaving that correctly been very naughty 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 the white flash was a soft powdery white color so there's some cocaine flying 
Yet it was mist. It was misty yet thick, with two C's. It was thick. It was quick and made no sound. Lana Fofana would state. Later that evening, I tested a theory. I wanted to see if I could see the streaking mists of soft light at night. So I sat in the kitchen at the table and watched those stairs. I watched and watched. And then finally, when I almost had given up trying to catch the light, I saw it directly. It streamed so quickly from the attic and into the kitchen and dissipated into the ceiling of the kitchen. It was not as misty when looking at it head on. It almost was like a distorted bit of light, bright. As the movement of the light was so fast, it made it blurry. I'm not convinced this isn't like demon jizz. And he's got like, you know, demons can control shit probably, you know. He shoots it down the stairs. It's like, whoop, 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 whoop. And you hear like the little tiny people laughing like from a Evil Dead Army of Darkness. Isn't that what ectoplasm is? Isn't that like uh, spectral cum? I, I don't know if it's cum necessarily. I don't even know if it's real. Yeah, we got uh, paranormal jism. <laughs> Honey, lick it. You've had the taste of it in your mouth. See what it tastes like. <laughs> Now that's paranormal. <laughs> it's it's kind of salty. That's definitely demon yeah, that, sperm right there. That's de- that's definitely good ghost cum. You guys watched the video about the guy from Kentucky that said that he got fucked by a female bigfoot. That's so fucking old. That dude had that. That video's been around for like ten years. Like that guy's been making the same claims. I think he does it just to be stupid. I was jealous. Oh Jesus. Ghosts come in your hand. <laughs> we'll be falling in love to the rhythm of a steel drum band. Way down in Kokomo. <laughs> Ghosts so- come. Paranormal wetness. <laughs> in 1980, the, Ro- the Brocks discovered from some of the neighbors that there was a rumor a young woman was murdered in her house. I believe it was like some years before they moved in. So oh. this was during a during a summer of nineteen eighty, the Brocks were having a yard sale. And this neighbor lady just come over and they said that they've never met this lady. She's like, um, excuse me, do you know that there's a lady murdered in this house? <laughs> I think she was trying to like lube them up for like some kind of deal. How much you want for these tchotchkes? Do you know there was a girl murdered in your home? I'll give you 25 cents for the fucking Elvis plates. (laughs) Oh, Elvis plates. That was so popular back in those days. Elvis on a plate. You can finish your mashed potatoes and see his crotch. That's how you finish. That's how you get it. You know, that's how you get someone to eat all their food. I love to finish on a plate. (laughs) I will not be eating from plates at your house. <laughs> if you invite me over for dinner, I'm like, nope. Especially if it's an Elvis plate. Yogurt and gravy. It's white and gravy. <laughs> so this lady, 
This lady pointed to the back of the home where the original foundation was and said, there is where she was murdered. Right there. The murder victim was then stuffed in a refrigerator. This, which, I mean, this whole thing couldn't be verified. But apparently, this was a story a lot of neighbors knew. This also confirmed Roger and Lana Bananas thought that something dark had inhabited the home. The family didn't believe in ghosts, but believed in demons, which, you know, what a distinction to make. They said that's pretty common back, like, in the 70s and 80s for, like, Baptists. I feel like I've gone on this train of thought before, because I think we've read this, we've talked about a similar situation where we don't believe in those ghosts, but demons. That demon tried to come up and touch my pee-pee. That demon touched, yeah. It's the yep. most polite demon I've ever seen. He was reading the newspaper. Well, Yep. Then he fondled my butt. <laughs> but God damn it if you tell me ghosts are real. Anyway, so don't believe in ghosts. They believe in demons. The family didn't speak a word to the members of their church or the community because of the, because of the thought of the demon in the home would reflect reflect poorly on the family. And due to the insinuations that the family did something to bring the demon into the home. Which, that's such a weird thought. Mm. They're always masturbating. Yeah, I bet you they're jerking it all day. But you're jerking it into their elves' plates. Jerking a rock? Jerking themselves. You see the guy from the never-ending story go over there? In 1982, the shitty shit started to Shit the fan. Oh, Alana Morissette and Lisa were 15, and the activity began. They were starting to become women. See, that's what's happening. The activity began to accelerate quickly, much like their menstrual cycles. Holy fuck, Burton. <laughs> so. <laughs> Lana slept in a room with her two sisters. Mary, the youngest, had her own bed. But uh, Lisa and Lana shared a bunk bed. Only now, Lana would sleep on the bottom after waking up with her nose touching the ceiling. So she slept on the bottom. Yeah, that'll help it. And one summer evening, it was hotter and shit, supposedly, making it hard to sleep. Lana took her pillow and laid it on the floor. In front of the box fan. At that point, when she started to fall asleep, she began to hear a tapping noise. That's better. On the ceiling and or walls. Then she began to hear a soft rustling. A footsteps approaching her. (laughs) (laughs) Did he just say croak? (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yep, a soft rustle crowing of footsteps. Approaching her, she said she could sense a presence nearby. She started to become scared and began to breathe rapidly. She refused to look around, for she was so scared. Lana would state, Then suddenly I felt a rippling wave effect from under my body, as if the floor had moved. Or, worse yet, my body had moved. Terrified of what she felt, she jumped on the top bunk with Lisa, holding the blankets over her head. Shuddering and shaking, Lisa asked Lana 
what was wrong, and she could not tell Two her. things with that. I'm pretty sure that rippling wave effect under her body was her just having an orgasm, like a nocturnal emission. Wet dream? Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if women actually have that, but. Paranormal <clears throat> wetness. <I> finger blast. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I felt like this lightness over my whole body, and I just, like I was floating up. If the if the name of this episode isn't paranormal wetness, I I quit. <laughs> and then also second, I don't think she was necessarily scared of the the demon thing when she jumped up to her sister. She just wanted to give her a fucking Dutch oven. Pretty sure that was her true intention there. It was her cruel intentions. That that would be cruel if you got some. I've done that a few times to people. Noxious gas. A few months later, sleeping in the same room, Aunt Lana, I almost called her anal again, Lana, <laughs> would experience another unexplained event. Around three in the morning, Lana was abruptly woken up by a knock on the door. She stated that she didn't recognize the knock, and it didn't sound like any of the other seven people's knock in the house, which I don't know if I could tell people's knocks from each other, but... You didn't have secret knocks, like... Nope, or the classic, or the, or the classic. Oh, I do that every time. Sometimes you let, sometimes you pause for the last two. You know, you just kind of like let it, let it hang. You're like, uh, uh, and they're like, whoa, and you're like, fuck. Maybe this is what that song was written about. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Twice on the pipes. If the answer is no. So, like I said, she heard a knock and she couldn't distinguish who it was. Uh, her door was closed and the hallway light could be seen from under the door. She looked at the light and noticed there was no shadow cast down upon the floor. And she tried to go back to sleep, assuming, you know, I fucking dreamt that shit. I just heard in my wet, paranormal wet dream. Lana then laid her head back on the pillow when another knock, knock, knock happened. She thought she recognized this as the knock of her father's. This is definitely like that's dad. He's coming in to try to rape me tonight. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, that's dad. I I know that <laughs> knock. I know that knock. I oh my god! <laughs> There's some worse things happening in this house than the ghost. I think. <laughs> 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 That's what she said. <laughs> so she she noticed, she recognized the knock as that of her father's. So she got up quickly and opened the door. So she wasn't, she was eager to greet her father. <laughs> Roger wasn't there. Eager beaver. She closed that, she closed the door and <laughs> scuttled back into her bed. Like the time before, she had just laid her head on her pillow when another knock happened. Lana would say that either something weird was happening or one of one of her own family members were playing a trick on her. She ran to the door, opened it, and then ran to her parents' bedroom. She opened the door only to see her mother and father fucking vigorously. Nope, nope. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy was giving mom mouth-to-mouth in her crotch area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see he does that to somebody else besides me. 
And no. To which I replied, Daddy, Mommy's doing the same thing that the neighbor lady was doing. <laughs> this is going off the rail. It wasn't him, because they were actually asleep, not fucking. <laughs> okay. So she then took off and sprinted through the darkness, back to her bed, and curled up under her blankets. You know, most children are safe under their blankets until they're not. Lena was scared. And she couldn't fathom why this was happening to hey, her. You know, that's pretty fucking weird, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah, how could anybody yeah. model the knock of her father? Yeah, that's this is some weird. This is some high forgery. Mm-hmm. We're all born with unique knocks. But just yeah. imagine, at 15, like all of us, I know me, if somebody would have knocked on my bed at, like, 3 in the morning, I'd be like, housekeeping! Yeah, I would have taken my pants off. I'd go outside and piss. Just run down the run down the street pissing. And slowly begin masturbating. Yeah, slowly. And then the dad steps in. <laughs> you gotta Good work job. Into, you know, You're prepared. Yeah, he just slow claps you. Help me, step ghost. <laughs> so, sometime prior to 1983, probably between the years of 71 and 78, Lana and six other neighborhood kids were molested by a neighbor. Oh. So, obviously... As with most kids, it fucking this you know bothered you her. Set us up, you motherfucker. But it wasn't her dad. It was a neighbor. They knew who it was. I don't know if they ever caught him. Oh, that makes it better. Or did anything with him? But I think it was a. Uh, uh, I think it was, it was like an F, like a Fred Krueger, Fred Krueger, <laughs> maybe. I think yeah. they burned him alive in his basement. That was the end of it. I did think he have too. A cool sweater. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually yeah. did. Yeah, he had a cool sweater and neat, uh, some glo- uh, glove. He wore one glove, kind of like Michael Jackson, except oh, similar traits, except with knives on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Are we sure Michael Jackson and Freddy Krueger aren't the same people? <laughs> no, I really feel bad for her. any kid that gets molested. They deal with that's yeah, something no, you deal with for your whole fucking life, like trust, because <laughs> you're growing up to try to trust adults, and when somebody touches you like that and you're a kid, I'm not gonna lie. If somebody did that to my fucking kid, I'd shoot that motherfucker. Or at least beat the living fuck out of him multiple times. You ever see that video? That guy had his kid like abducted by his karate teacher, and uh, they caught the karate teacher, right? And he was molesting the kid, obviously. And they were like walking him through an airport, and dude was like pretending he was at a payphone. And as the cops come by with the karate teacher, he turns around and shoots the guy in the head. Damn! Shoots the dad in the head. No, no, no. Well, that was probably the only way that he could have stopped the karate teacher. Daddy's pretending to karate... T- or he's on the phone at an airport. And karate teacher's being led through the airport by police because they caught him. And dad caps him in the head. Probably would have shot him in the dick and then shot him in the head. Yeah, he had one chance, though. Because the cops were on him pretty quick after that. Yeah. You only get one shot. But still, I'm just saying, like, I, I get that. Yeah, he was singing Eminem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom spaghetti. Both of them are singing the song the karate teacher was too. You only get one chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Different perspectives, but yeah. Anyway, similar. Story. Ultimately, like what happened to these seven kids is fucking despicable, and I felt bad. But this was something that stuck with Lana, and she couldn't understand how someone could do this to a kid. Also, Lana didn't really look back at the time through the seventies, eighties as an enjoyable time in the home. With the old Mick Spooky doing spooky shit around the house and oh Mr. Chomo molesting her, you know. Yeah, not a lot of good. 
But her, her attitude towards things sort of changed when a stray, long-haired black poodle mix followed her home from school. I think it was that day she allowed him into the backyard. Or no, the dog left and then came back, and so she opened up the back gate and like he came in. If you leave the gate open, someone's going to come in your backyard. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. Sometimes it's not going to be a dog. Sometimes it's going to be a dog. I wonder if that creature still visits your old house, That's TJ. What that means. I wonder if he misses you. What creature? What creature? The creature that used to go to your bathroom or your kitchen window and leave handprints. Oh, my God. Don't say that. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in about three or four years. That dude, that still fucking scares me because that happened several times and I've seen this some bitch out there. And unless there's a fucking eight foot tall motherfucker, just there's like some guy out there, like uh, with a trench coat. And... I didn't see that. I just seen a really fucking tall, skinny guy. Ooh, back by the trees and uh, sounds like a cr- crawler. Zelda, Zelda, and Rose were going fucking crazy. At the window that looked out back that way. And I let him loose because he was in the, not in the backyard. And you didn't hear anything, but you heard Rose went over there just growling and fucking being fierce. And some bitch, you could hear hop the neighbor's fence and run into the woods and then get to the highway. I didn't hear anything after that. And he hitched a ride and he made his way. Up to Canada. There's a lot of weird shit at that home because I also had somebody just walk in my back door. Walk that's in. Rose ran up there and the guy goes, Yeah. Oh, shit. I do remember that. And Rose heard the door open and she ran up there and you heard, Oh, shit. Because she was growling. And then and boom, boom, big. boom. Yeah, I ain't going to fuck with that. Jumped over the fence and jumped over the neighbor's <laughs> fence. And then he got into a vehicle once he got onto the road. You could hear that and then peeled off. So. so back to Lana Banana, Banana Rama. She kept this uh, this uh, little dog uh, long enough in the backyard so that she could play with him for a bit, and then uh, feed him. Hung out, played with him, fed him, but then she pushed him out of the gate. Get the fuck out of here! The dog began to wait outside of the gate for her to get home from school, and this continued for a while, and then one day, old Roger. Said the family could keep him. Hmm. So let's keep this dog. The dog was came to be known as Sam, and everyone loved him. Lana would grow close to Sam, almost like an emotional support animal. She felt that the dog really helped her with the sadness and the, you know, obvious fallout from being, you know, molested, which is good. I mean, not the, you know... Molestation is not good, but it's good that the, she has the dog. <laughs> yeah. It's good that she has the dog, okay? I'm not, mm-hmm. not saying, you know, mm-hmm. pretty awful she got molested. Yep. Let it be known. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> it's bad we have to specify that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not laughing because it's a bad, good thing that happened to her. I'm just, I don't know what else to do. <sighs> Old Sam Wiseman G was sleeping in the home for a while. By this point, one night, Lena and her sisters were woken up by a loud crash. They got up and they rushed to the light. When they flipped the switch, they saw a large hole in one of the panes of glass on the French window. 
They also noticed that Sam was nowhere to be found. He was gone. Roger Sr. replaced the glass with cheap plastic and went back to bed. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the dog. I'm just going to put some plastic up here. We'll go yep. back to sleep. Get some saran wrap on the door. Oh, fuck. If my dog's going to jump out the window at that time of night, I'll be like, okay. I mean, it's true. It's late. You close that hole and you get back to bed. The next day, the family went out and looked for Sam. And they looked everywhere and they couldn't find him. So after two days, Sam returned to the back gate. He had dried blood all over his leg, which they thought was from breaking through the glass. Sam was cleaned up and everything was normal for about a week. After about a week, that was when (laughs) Sam jumped through. (laughs) I can't. Burton. What? We heard that. <laughs> it was kind of muted. It was kind of muted. That was my butt sliding against the chair. Oh, okay. oh I thought that was a fucking <laughs> like a race car going through. <laughs> like, uh, and no. you're in a window with really good or a house with really good windows, so you don't hear but a uh, small sound. <laughs> yep, that is it. That's so, it. That was when Sam jumped through the pane of glass above the one he had broke last time. And so these pane of glasses or panes of glass are like three or four feet up. The height that the dog would have had to jump would have been difficult because there was no running room for the dog to jump over. So So was the dog thrown through the window? Roger was awake this time and heard the glass break. They all (laughs) awoke and quickly went to get to grab Sam. The family found him trying to climb the six-foot-tall privacy fence. Sam was bleeding from his ribs, legs, and feet. His McRibs. (laughs) The family quickly grabbed Sam and tended to his boo-boos. I don't think McRibs bleed because I don't think they're not real. No, no. Let's let's not talk shit. They're not real. Yeah, they don't exist. I'll give this one to you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You're going to wake up and see me standing over you at night (laughs) with a McRib in your hand. Talk shit about the McRib, bitch. I'll fucking slit your dick off. Fucking say sorry to this fucking sandwich. Say sorry to this fake meat sandwich. (laughs) Fucking chunk yours. So, Ed and Roger, they had the belief that Samwell jumped through the glass because he smelled some bitch out there. And, uh, you know, I say that because that's what you call a female dog. Say bitch. It's not derogatory because it's true. Smelled the bitch in heat. And, uh, you know, he decided, to, he decided to go. Go for it. The siblings didn't agree. Sam wouldn't just go off and try to fuck some dog, girl dog out there. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He'd need to taken her out for a fish dinner and, you know, some flowers and stuff, you know? Plus, I mean, Lana had that jar of peanut butter, so why would he need anything else? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate you so bad. Ah, uh, so yeah, the Zillies didn't agree. But Sam would go on to break the other two panes of glass two more times. And one day, when the kids returned home from school, Sam was gone. But this time, it was because of the mother 
Anne had called someone to take Sam to the animal shelter. This crushed Liliana Banana, and from this point on, she would no longer feel safe in the home. How it was explained when Lana's been interviewed is that, like, there wasn't a whole lot of room where the dog could run. And, like, each time he broke through one of these panes in the French window, like, I think it got, you know, six or seven foot tall. And so the yeah. dog would basically have to jump up, whee! And he'll, and like, break through it. Floating, floating in the air. Maybe. You know, either the dog did jump through or he was thrown through it, like you'd said. So, guy, th- even with a single paint, it still takes a little bit of force. And poodles aren't real big, right? Sometimes they can be. I guess it depends. It sounds like a it's a mix. Poodle's pretty big. Yeah, it sounds like it was a mix. So it could be like a poodle, like horse, poodle horse, <laughs> a poodle Great Pyrenees. Yeah, see that big white floof behind you there on the <laughs> ground? <laughs> Looks like a cow laying on the ground out there. Uh, but so, anyway. Also in 1982, Lana would have friends frightened away and never return to the home. One of the instances was a girl who spent the night, but at some point during the night, she began to freak out and called her dad to come pick her up. And this was out without explaining it to the family. Because the family was like, what the fuck's happening? When asked why she wanted to leave, the 15-year-old girl told the family that she had heard a woman yelling, help me, from the ceiling above Lana's bedroom. The girl would remain close friends with Lana throughout school and the adult life, but never returned to the Brock house. Pretty yeah. fucking scary if you, help me, help me. I don't know, she's kind of bitch. Like, she didn't help her. Obviously, somebody's in hell, need in need of help, and get the drywall knife, cut it out in between the beams. Yeah, at least she didn't hear. Man, yeah, never mind. <clears throat> I was gonna sing Kokomo again, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that song. I'm never gonna come back to this house again. They have it playing on repeat in the ceiling. Yeah, again. The same pattern keeps happening. Between 1983 and 85, the incidents increase in frequency and in severity. The incidents became so prevalent, Roger could not ignore the incidents any longer. In 83, Lisa saw a little girl apparition out of the corner of her eye. She said the girl continued to reveal herself to her, to her, but... She's a, she's a flasher. A little slut ghost. Yeah. That fuck just flashed me, dude. Yeah, she keeps put, pulling her dress over her head. That explains the uh, the light she was seeing. <laughs> she's flashing her. Uh-huh. <laughs> so bad. Oh, Martin, uh-huh. you're going to get murdered one day by me. <laughs> she said the girl continued to reveal herself to her but would not allow her to see her when she looked directly at her. So she could only see the flash out out of the corner of her eye. I'm all gray. So the ghost was getting a thrill of it, just like, oh, oh I'm gone. Here's a little nip. Nope, I'm gone. It's a mangina. Oh. I would have called DCS. I, say, I wonder if they have, like, ghost DCS. 
Uh, you're being substantiated on, sir, because... Uh... <laughs> so, one evening in 1984, Lana was in bed and had set up to turn off the light. When she sat up, she began to hear scratching on the French window panes of the bedroom window. The same ones oh, that the dog jumped through. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Lana, you know, curious, what the fuck's out there knocking for me? So she drew back the curtain and saw a pale white sickly face of what looked like initially a man. But it wasn't a man. Hee <laughs> hee. Oh, God. El hee hee was out there. <laughs> Jump on it. <laughs> Lana stated that the creature had white pale skin, greenish yellow eyes that was outlined with red. And it had some really fucking ugly teeth. And as with most people that see something that fucking weird peeking in the window, she fucking let out a scream, you know? Holy fuck! This woke up Ann and Roger, (laughs) causing them to sprint through the house to the room. Lana began to hyperventilate and couldn't tell her dad initially what she had saw, but eventually she got it out. Roger Sr. called the cops. However, the police could not find anything, no footprints, no traces of anyone pressing against the glass, and the fence was locked from the inside, so it ain't like anybody could have walked in the gate at the fence. We saw some, we saw, did see some guy moonwalking off in the distance. <laughs> he kept saying, Jamon! Jamon! On a Sunday in 1984, around 1 p.m., when the family was returning home from church, the kids noticed that Roger was struggling to get the front door open. And he was very strong, and his name was Roger, so it must have been really hard to open. He had unlocked it, but could not get it open. Roger was a big old son of a bitch, see, I told you. Well over 250 pounds and tall. The 250 pounds wasn't a fat 250 like me. It was a muscular and strong 250. He used to play football for the Denver Broncos. And he also used to mud wrestle in Taiwan. Roger continued to push on the door. He pushed and pushed and pushed so hard. Come push. He was really giving it his all. Come on, push. But it refused to open as if something was obstructing the door. His wife stated, Roger, I can't believe that you can't get the door open because when we fuck, you always get my door open. <laughs> I don't think she said that. At least that wasn't documented. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was probably said. This is the audio pornographic version of this tale. Mm-hmm. Raj Jr. <laughs> that was the sound of him trying to open the door. Yeah, sounds like he's butt fucking somebody too. <laughs> you know, you got to do what works. You know. Oh, it's starting to open. Yeah. He turn the handle. I I, uh, I don't know if he tried to spit on it too. You know, before he you know fondled it a little. Yeah. And then Lana's like, I've heard that sound before. I ain't gonna open that door. <laughs> oh fuck. She just wasn't. She wasn't in the mood. Door wasn't in the mood that night. You know, it happens. It happens. So Roger Jr. was instructed to go to the back of the house and climb in through a window that wasn't locked. Well, JR grabbed hold of an old heavy metal frame of the window and pulled it hard to try to force it open. So hard that the window ended up breaking. Much like the Hyman, uh, Burton will know what I'm talking about. 
Roger Sr. eventually got the door open, but had to climb over two huge homemade bookshelves that were crammed up against the door. Good place for a bookshelf. <laughs> These two thick-ass bookshelves were extremely tall and super fucking heavy. Roger had to literally shove them in place when moving them into the house, more or less wedging them in between the floor and the ceiling. Now, there was many strange things about these bookshelves, but that wasn't the only thing. Wait, no, that was stupid. I was going to say, were the like, bookshelves walking around the house staring at the girls? The bookshelf, uh, tw- uh, um, plot twist, it was the bookshelf that molested <laughs> Lana Banana. <clears throat> it's a pervert oh fucking bookshelf. That wasn't the only strange thing about the bookshelves being where they were. The bookshelves were also on the other side of the room, uh, or on the other side of the room before that day, about a good 10 feet or so from where they ended up, uh, up against the door. The books that were on the shelves were tossed to the right side of the room, and the bookshelves tossed to the left side, and they did the hokey pokey. I don't know if they were able to turn themselves around. But that's what it's all about. (laughs) In the middle of the floor laid a flesh-bound book. <laughs> <laughs> With a face. It was the face of somebody on it. Yeah. <clears throat> All of a sudden, a man with a chainsaw arm emerged. <laughs> <laughs> and said, Groovy. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> All out of bubblegum. That's wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> I thought it was that movie. Nope. Yeah, fuck my dick off. Also, there were stain streaks from the wood stain on the shelves and the ceiling. I'm sure there were. Pervert fucking shelf. It was white and creamy. Ooh. It was two medium brown streaks. Oh, I know all about that. <laughs> Shaped like a crescent moon, which proved the shelves had been pushed out of place by brute force and thrown to the left side of the window of the room. Skid marks. So brown streaks that are crescent moon shaped. That's... <laughs> That's how you know there's some force behind it. (laughs) (laughs) It shit its pants. The bookshelves shit the ceiling, honey. Bookshelves that actually ate Taco Bell earlier that day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A couple of Nacho Bell Grandes. The rest is history. For the first time that any of the kids could recall, Roger stood in awe. (laughs) And couldn't even attempt to explain... Just what the fuck had happened. He had known for a long time that weird shit had been, you know, occurring there in their home, but he could no longer ignore what was happening to his family. One day in the car as a family. I don't know why I wrote that weird. One day in the farm, one day in the car. They were all in the car. That's what I was trying to say. I don't know why I put it like that. One day when... The family was in the car and one day as the entire family was riding in the car, he heard them all talking about all the things that had happened up to that point in the house. And he simply said, don't talk about those things while at home. God damn it, Bobby. Bobby. (laughs) It was then that dad said, it's a demon. Demons cannot read your mind, but they can hear what you say and see what you do. They can tell if you're afraid, Bobby. <laughs> oh, damn it, that boy ain't right. He told them not to even talk about it or acknowledge it, and it wouldn't hurt them any further. Don't talk about it, boy. Is Ladybird there? Oh, Ladybird. 
1985, as you can probably guess, another event took place in the Brock household. The incident involved Lana, Lisa, and the youngest brother, James. It was early afternoon on a weekend in the summer. James had come into the living room where Anal was working on her poem. Lisa had also, maybe a few seconds earlier, had just joined Lana. Roger Jr. was in the kitchen or back room doing something. Uh, Probably jerking off into the dish or uh, garbage disposal. <laughs> or on the plates. What's the garbage disposal run for? Nothing. It can't be considered a portion if you chop them up real quick. Goodness. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know. What... Fuck. I think I'm getting a little bit drunk. I'm sorry. Drunk on, uh, <laughs> drunk on Kokomo. Bermuda, Bahamas, fucking TJ. Oh, okay. I'm going to quit singing that song. Sorry. James walked into the living room and asked Lisa to help him to tie up his roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa became pissed when she saw that James was wearing her skate. You little motherfucker. Lisa told James to take them off. Take them off, she said. That she knelt down and began to try to undo the laces and take them off his feet. It was when a sound erupted from below the house. It was a growl. It was growl-like, but really loud. And deep. It was so loud. It was so loud that they could feel the floor vibrate against their feet. I bet Lana just laid there. Mm, like a symbian. Yeah, it's like Simba. Howard Stern's like, Lana, how's that feel? <laughs> oh my God, don't. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's 16 at this point, I think. Go on, turn it up. She can can handle it. Howard. I I don't think that's out of pocket for Howard Stern in the 90s. Oh, man. Oh, God. What a job that guy had. (laughs) Are we good? Do I need to... Okay. The kids the kids stood up and bolted out of their home in shock from being shook. <laughs> Once outside and in the streets, the adrenaline wore off and the kids were terrified and what they had just experienced. They quickly asked one another if they'd heard that and what the hell that sound was. And again the sound came from under the house and actually shook the floor. Quite a quite a sound. Old Raj J.R., who was not even in the living room, heard the noise and felt the floor shake as well, which terrified him and elicited the response of running through the living room and out the front door. He didn't even tell his siblings anything. Just beelined it. They see him running across and the floor shaking. They're like, what the fuck is happening? They're like, Where, where's Raj going? Hey, Raj. Where's, Bye, Raj. Where's Raj J.R. going? Where's Roger? The kids waited in the street for Roger and Ann to arrive <laughs> back home before going back in. The kids were out there for a damn while, and it was cold. Their nibblers were very hard. It was so long 
that the neighbors invited them into their, to their home to wait for their parents. When Roger got home, the kids ran to him, telling him of the shaking of the floor. So I wonder if the child molester still lived on the road. Hey, you guys could come over here. And Lana's like, don't fall for it. Last time I fell for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a little thing in the house. The whole thing's a setup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your house is shaking, eh? You want to come and spend some time Mm -hmm. in my living room? So I got a big big living room and a lot of popsicles for you. Got a freezer full of popsicles. I got a freezer full of popsicles. We put some rubber condoms on them popsicles. Make sure we're all safe. What? Jesus. Condoms are for pussies. <laughs> so, in 1987, at the age of 19, Lana was engaged and would soon be moving out. Which she's of age now. Which she's excited as fuck to actually be leaving the house. I would be too. Leaving it, you know, behind. Like growling floor demons trying to fuck. And she'll be leaving the house within probably the next few months too. <clears throat> like as of right now no at this time dickweed so one night she laid in the bed so right when she began to fall asleep she felt a presence and heard a sound that you know sort of knocked her back into reality she heard a light crackling sound and then a <sighs> like a huff she closed her eyes and didn't dare open them she then grabbed a blanket and pulled the blanket over her head and held it tight she could feel Whatever it was, coming closer and closer and closer and closer. The sense of something off to her side quickly changed to the pressure of something something hovering above her. Under pressure. (laughs) She was petrified that something was hovering right above her. First she was afraid. She was petrified. (laughs) She didn't scream or make a peep, and after lying frozen in fear for a few minutes, she decided to look. She began to lower the sheets. The room was dark, so it was hard to see. Once the blanket was down, after some intense squinting, she said she saw a dark, solid mass that was darker than than the already darkened room. Speaking of that, that reminds me. So at band competition, Logan had to take a shower like after the band competition with other boys. And he's in seventh grade, and so he's all nervous about it. And so I was like, Logan, did you see a bunch of wieners? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and it was weird. And he's like, I seen a kid's butthole. Wait a minute. <laughs> he saw his butthole? Like, was he, was this kid like bent over trying to wash it off? I don't know. And he said, I seen some guy's balls and they were black. Like the balls were black, and then I said, "Were they being weird?" And he said, "Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of high school boys were doing the helicopter thing." Oh, I thought I, I thought the they're gonna say the balls were being weird, like they <laughs> winked at, like the ball winked at him. And I was like, "Did you like it?" And he's like, "No, I didn't really like it." He's <laughs> in some guy's butthole. <laughs> uh, anyways, the darkened room that's what the butthole's being weird let me think a bit welcome to atlanta didn't know what it was (laughs) so she lifted her head to try and see it better this is when she sawed the red eyes staring back at her dry red eyes try clear eyes red eyes i've heard of brown eyes and pink eyes 
clear eyes are awesome. She said the red eyes were like really pronounced too. I thought the red eyes is like the thing that happens like once a month. No, that's a plane that you catch. Oh. oh. There's only one. <laughs> there can only be one. There was only a black mass where the body was. Lana quickly pulled the blanket back over her head and stayed that way, refusing to move or get up, and her eventually fall asleep. From then on, she refused to sleep in her room alone. She would then sleep in the recliner or out in the living room until she finally moved out. So, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but one night, I was, uh, me and my dad lived in a trailer out in the country for like four or five years. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, like, well, Burton might. Um, but like a trailer, if anything gets on that roof, it's you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Raining's awesome when you live in a trailer. I love that sound. But, so I was laying in bed, and I was about to fall asleep, and it was like two in the morning, and I heard something like, land on the fucking roof of the trailer and it was fucking loud as fuck like the room shook a little bit and it was a little bit further down than my room and then you could hear the thing walk down to my end and walk back and it was like heavy fucking thuds it wasn't like a coon or anything was up there and so this happened a few more times and i'm sitting there freaking the fuck out because my window's wide open because it's in the summer and all of a sudden on its way back, it took off sprinting. You could hear it, boom, 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 boom. And then it, it jumped off my roof, off like the roof part where my room was, and it landed like right in front of the window. I was fucking scared shitless, dude. Um, yeah, but I was going to run and tell my dad because I could see out the window barely because there was like a tree in front of it, but I could see something out there that landed. But I was too scared. I didn't want to move. I was like, man, this some bitch could come over to my window. Hey there, Butler. young boy. What you doing in there? I, I just, I couldn't figure out what it was, but it sounded like a full-size man. And it just stood out there in front of the window, like facing the other way. Uh, that was definitely an alien. Highway 56. And it stood out there for a while before it just walked off. Hey there, young man. I hear you in there beating it off. What you doing? As soon as it walked off, dude, like to the highway... I fucking closed my window as soon as I could and closed my curtain. I tried waking up my dad like like 10 to 20 minutes after it walked to the road and just sort of disappeared. And my dad, <laughs> my dad's like, leave me the fuck alone. Okay. <laughs> said, there's something on the roof. He goes, you're being stupid. Shut up. I'm like, <laughs> dad, no. I mean, that's also the same guy me and him sat outside our trailer one night watching like this fucking light in the sky zoom around like doing all these weird turns and shit not even like you know my dad's like that's really fucking weird (laughs) then he just walked inside goes you sleeping with your window open tonight i'm like fuck no dad (laughs) it's probably what that was jumped on your roof i don't know but anyways i'm sorry i didn't mean to sidetrack us even after Anal moved out of the house, the household was still plagued by this entity, demon, whatever the fuck you want to call it. One day shortly after, Lana, Banana, Manana. Tomorrow? Manana <laughs> moved out. 
and called Lana while she was temporarily living at Fort Devens in Massachusetts and told her daughter that uh, that the shit was still happening in the house. And both Roger and James were in high school and still residing with old Roger and Anne. Anne was frantic when talking to Lana, telling her that there is a ghost in their house. Anne was so overwhelmed by the something that had just happened to her in the back bedroom. Uh, and as she began to tell Lana about what happened, Roger is heard in the background saying, Don't acknowledge it, Anne. Don't say anything. God damn it, Anne. I told you not to acknowledge it. Oh, I miss. I was yes, right. I forgot it's Hank Hill. Nope. No, it's Roger. Uh, oh, I know. I mean, you know. Don't acknowledge it, Anne. Don't say anything, god dang it. I'm going down to the store and get some propane, propane accessories. Okay. Anne was too upset to ignore it and had, and had to fucking tell somebody, so she told her daughter. Anne told Lana that she was in the back bedroom cleaning when a very large picture that was fucking heavy as shit fell from the wall and would have hit where where her head was you know would have crashed down on her only the glass broke around her but didn't hit her head the glass fell on top of her and forced her head downward it shattered all around her yet the only thing she could feel was a slight pressure around her she couldn't tell if she was being guarded by an angel or if an angry spirit was trying to hurt her this shook her to her core after talking about the incident that shook her all night long (laughs) And felt compelled to talk about the other shit that was that their lights would go on and off cons- constantly flickering, and, and that if they started talking about the ghost or demon, as Roger called it, then the lights would start to flicker. She also explained that the ground under the new part of the house was sinking down onto the right side underneath the living room. She said that Roger was doing everything he could do to keep that from happening. But the newest addition to the home uh, would continue to be sinking into the ground, even though there really was an explanation. There's like no no caves underneath, no sinkholes. The ground wasn't soft. It was just in this one area. It was fucking sinking, and they couldn't figure out why. You get that pink clay sinking into that pink. Mm. I don't know if pink clay is a real thing. Sinky pinky. By 1989, Lisa, Lana's twin, had gotten married and then divorced, only to return to her childhood home with her young son, Clint, who was one at the time. Well, that was fucking stupid. Why the, why the hell would you bring your kid there? Roger Jr. cleaned up the attic and made it into a bedroom again. He would go up there to relax and play his video games and sleep. The one-year-old, or, oh, Roger Jr., okay. No, the one-year-old <laughs> would go up there. Yeah, he's up there playing Pong and... Well, it's at 1989, so Super Nintendo was out. Well, Super Nintendo was out in 1989. Or not Super, the Nintendo. Yeah. So he's up there the playing. Super came out, I think, in 92 or 93. He's, he's up there playing the Duck Hunt. Hmm. You know. Gotta kill that fucking dog. That dog, bitch dog laugh. Once in the middle of the day, Roger Jr. was laying down in the bed when something terrifying happened to him. He lay on the bed, which sat next to a wall that he had cut out in the drywall. And this exposed the old attic to the new attic. So Roger just was cut holes in the wall? He cut it because he wanted to make the attic bigger. Uh, like make a bigger room. Oh. So 
and from the newer part of the attic came a shining, flowing light of blue, purple, and green. The light would hover over to his bed. He saw a shape of something that was resembled a human, had a face and an eye, but the eyes were bright and looked nothing like fucking human eyes. As the entity floated above him, it changed color several times right before his eyes. I don't know about you guys, but this would fucking freak me the fuck out. Seeing this. Yeah, maybe. As Fat Roger fucking panicked. Be fine if he wasn't changing colors. (laughs) Regardless, if I seen something floating above me, I'd be like, huh. No, no, no. If he's floating above me, he's fine. But if he's he's saying the same color, that's okay. But if he's changing colors, (laughs) it's like me, you know, oh, he's purple and green and red and blue. (laughs) It's a little much. (laughs) <laughs> so, but much like his sister, Roger panicked, and uh, he couldn't move at all. In 1989, or also in 1989, Roger Senor saw this, what he called a leprechaun thing, with some regularity. Um, he said it came to him several times when he was laying down in the living room. One of these times, mm. Roger was laying on the floor when he got the feeling to look up. Um, he looked up and saw a green light and something hovering with the face that looked like a creature. He said it moved fast, yet it hovered. It didn't hurt him, but it did leave him shaken up. He never denied its existence, yet he refused to ever talk about it in great detail because of the, f- of the fear that talking about it would, I guess, invite it to continue and cause havoc in his life. Well, he's, and he's seen this son of a bitch more than once. Like, it would be late at night. I'm going to give this green little bitch any of my power. <laughs> when <laughs> It would be late at night, and he's watching TV, and the son of a bitch would just run up to him, sometimes on the floor, and he'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> He said he sort of, he wasn't scared of it when it would run up to him and shit. He he was just like, what the fuck? Like, get the fuck out. You got a shamrock shake? No. Get the fuck Dude. out. Yeah, I never had one shamrock of them. Shamrock shakes are horrible. Never, I never had mm. one. I just, I just, he's a leprechaun. I don't know. Don't you? I don't think they had shepherd. I don't think they had shamrock shakes in 89. Yeah, they did. They were Ken, <laughs> Ken shamrock shakes. <laughs> Throughout the rest of the family's time in the house, they continued to see weird creatures lurking through the home. Red eyes appearing in photos, weird sounds, mom and dad's sex noises. It just wouldn't stop. Roger Jr. and James left the home as soon as they graduated. And Roger and Ann no longer desired to stay in the home. I haven't enough of the entity shit, you know, was it? Oh, 1997 when they moved out. So from 70 to 97. They put up with a few decades of that bullshit. Years. Yeah. Fucking yeah. idiots. So they had enough of its shit and decided to sell the house and move into apartments that would fit, you know, their budget. Regardless of the amount of work that both parents put into the home, they felt it was time to get the fuck out of Dodge. Like I said, they moved in 1997. 27 years too late. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's got to stand up where he's talking about how white people fuck around with haunted houses. And he's like, black folks, we just get the fuck out. He's like, 
I don't give a shit if it's a brand new gorgeous house and I walk in, my baby's all excited. I'm like, oh yeah, girl, I love this house. Isn't it beautiful? Get out. All right, well, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's fair. But I mean, God damn it. Can't be the taxes. After they'd moved out, the house was rented out to a couple other tenants. One of the tenants had two dogs that also went mad in the house and broke through the same windows that old Samwell did in back in the 70s. None of these tenants stayed very long, and the house sat alone, quiet, and abandoned. One evening in 2001, a man walked down the alley behind the former Brock home. I believe he only lived two houses down. While the man was behind the home, he started a fire that went on to burn more than 30% of the house and sort of left it in ruins. The guy then, after, you know, being the pyromaniac he is, made his way to a nearby restaurant where he called the police to report a fire. It was later discovered by the police had been looking for an arsonist who had burned down several other structures in the area. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. (laughs) My question is... Was the guy acting on his own volition, or did the entity slash demon influence the arsonist to do it? So, ultimately, a dark demise had finally befell the house that, you know, was plagued with paranormal activity and that had ranged possibly prior to 1970. So, say, 50s up to 1997. And there, fire puts an end to the paranormal wetness. (laughs) That's dry. It's dry. Paranormal dryness. And just for the audience, the house is no longer standing. It was dozed under, and a park was put in its place. (laughs) (laughs) That park's probably fucking scary as shit, though. Right? Right? Maybe. It's better than an apartment or another house. Yeah, probably. You have, like, poltergeist. They're here. Yep. This house has been cleansed. I'm glad they didn't put a pool there. You'd go out there and see a demon swimming around naked. You remember that? Anyone remember that? Are you afraid of the dark with the weird ghost in the pool? No, no, that was the worst one. Scary as shit. I'm sure some people remember that. Burton Zool, <clears throat> what do you think about this? Now, regard like she's the only person that's reported it, but her family has backed her up on this. Yeah, there's enough there to incorporate her tale into a sci-fi episode of a show. Paranormal wetness. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, 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 I think you mentioned this came from like a blog she had written about the accounts that, you know, in the house and this and that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's weird as hell. There's a lot of wetness <laughs> of the paranormal variety and it's not dry. No. Burton, I want to ask you your wetness right now. It's 11. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> On a five-point scale? On a seven-point scale. Oh, okay. That's an oddly that's an odd scale. Yeah, it's a it's a curve, like black balls. What What do you guys think of like Indiana being like this huge repository of uh, ghosty stories and shit? Suppository. Yeah, that's uh, a feather in our cap. I think you know. I think it's real good. That's not an answer. That's, I think it's real good. Pretty good on the whole. What do you, you fucking uh? What's his name? Force Gump. I in, gotta pay. In Vietnam, <laughs> they ain't got no food to eat. 
ain't got no shoes. Ain't got no shoes to wear. So, <clears throat> Zul, what do you think about this? Weird. Scary. I always like um, stories where, you know, things are happening to people while they're trying to go to bed or they're sleeping and they're scared and terrified. And then, like, they just fall asleep. Because I've done that. I've had that happen before. Um, I've had that happen in, in like, uh, the apartment we used to live in. Where I was sleeping on the couch downstairs. And I heard all these noises around me, people walking around. And it teared, you know, laying there, like, scared of shit. But then I fell asleep. And that apartment, I'm pretty sure was fucking haunted, dude. Because I heard that shit all the time when I'd be the only one there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like the upstairs restroom door would close sometimes or you'd hear footsteps boom 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 come downstairs. Look. I think one night Kelly was like, "What is that?" and I'm like, "I don't know, just move over so I can sit down." Yeah. He's coming down to watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> She's like, "Don't don't say that." And I'm like, "Yeah, just let him come down and sit down. It's fine." Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's probably one more clear um Instances I've had anything of like that, of anything like that, but you know, yeah. it's it's uh, you know, yeah. I don't know, terrifying. I'm sure there's weird shit happens to people. Yeah, it's funny that um, uh, you know that it could happen at a place way down in Kokomo. <laughs> our next episode, which will be our Halloween oh. episode. We'll center around a guy named, yeah, Halloween McHalloween Pants. He's a family annihilator. Ooh, sounds fun. And killed nine people in his house, all kids, and also molested almost all the kids, too. Mm. So, dude's fucking, he also thought he was a vampire. So, we'll return to the vampire land. Vampirism. Vampirism, family annihilation. But he didn't drink blood. He just, he was a huge fan of uh, Anne Rice shit. Oh, God. You know, the yeah interview of the vampire yeah, and all that yeah. shit. Like the movie or he liked, uh, did he read the book? The book. Yeah, okay. And a real big Tom Cruise always, fan. But he liked them books and he declared himself, he said that Jesus was a immortal vampire. Oh. And he also called himself Jesus. Oh, okay. Interesting. Really awesome. Mark we- Marcus Wesson. Marcus so. Wesson, okay. We're going to talk about him and uh in Vampire Jesus sucking everybody off at the fucking last supper. They're just sucking everybody off here. Sucking all of suck that blood. I'm suck it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hopefully, guys, you get tuned in for that. Also, check out our website. Check out our Facebook group. Um, email us, especially if you want a koozie. Yeah, if you want a koozie, you, you know, all you got to do is say, hey, hey, guys, I want a koozie. I don't. That's all you got to do. And if you happen to live around me, stop on by and get a beer and a koozie when Halloween happens. Oh, yeah. Or not Halloween, when trick-or-treat happens. Trick-or-treating. So, there also may be shots of uh, 
Woodford and Buffalo Trace too there. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you want to tow, I'll get you a tow by six o'clock. Oh, Nail polish and all. I can put a little bit of. But yeah. thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Um, and we appreciate. I mean, there, we got decent numbers listening to us, and more and more people coming every week. So we appreciate all appreciate all of you. And in the words of a wise man, "Eat it, eat it, eat it." Get down there deep and eat it. Thanks, guys. We love y'all. We're down.